ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا اما بعد I welcome all of you in this uh, series in Ramadan majalis shahri Ramadan this first one of them inshallah ta'ala and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept from us and from the muslims their fast and their stand is in the prayer May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ikhlas, sincerity in everything we say and everything we do. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make our actions righteous actions. And may Allah accept them from us. Ameen. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us beneficial knowledge that produces its fruits, righteous actions. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep us firm upon his path upon the sunnah of his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I welcome all of you once again and we're going to read from the majalis shahri ramadan of one of our noble mashayikh al-allama abi abdillah muhammad ibn salih al-uthaymeen rahimahullahu ta'ala wa a'la darajatahu وَغَفَرَ لَهُ وَلِوَالِدَيْهِ وَلِلْمُسْلِمِينَ وَالْمُسْلِمَاتِ Ameen. Uh, just to tell you uh, uh, briefly about this majalis. Majalis is a, is a plural of majlis. Majlis is a sitting like ours. This is a majlis. This is, but this is the best majlis. Because people, they can have a majlis for business, majlis for food, majlis for haram, a'udhu billah. But this is the best majlis. This is the best sitting. Uh, you, you, you be in the house of Allah. Aina, as we're going to, because the Shaykh Mu'azimin is going to mention that hadith, the virtue of sitting in the house of Allah and reciting the book of Allah and understanding it and the like. This is the best thing we can do with our times, to sit in the circles of knowledge. Uh, of course, once again, the best way to gain knowledge is to sit with the ulama in their circles. But we, we have no scholars in here in the West, as far as we know. But alhamdulillah, this is a ni'mah from Allah. We have their books, and we have the material that the ulama and the scholars, they have left for us. So, the ulama, like Sheikh bin Baz, Sheikh bin Uthaymeen, Sheikh al-Albani, Sheikh Rabi'a, Sheikh Fawzan, and other than them from the ulama, of Ahl al-Sunnah al-Jama'ah, in Ramadan, Precisely, they, they stop their classes. Any classes they were going and doing like on a normal schedule, the classes that they do on a normal schedule, for example, you find the Sheikh is explaining certain books like Sayyid al-Bukhari and uh, Tafsir ibn Kathir, for example, Ajromiya or the like. So in Ramadan, they stop because many of the students, especially the Mashaykh al Medina, because many of them, the students, they leave, they go home for a vacation. So the ulama, being nice, 
they want the students not to miss out on the classes. So what they do, they open these sittings in Ramadan, in which they talk about different topics, especially the Book of Allah. That's why I choose, of course, uh, there is the majority of Shaykh Muhammad, he used to give them for years. So there is a lot of material, alhamdulillah. But I choose to start with the Qur'an because this is the book of Allah, this is the best book, this is the guidance, this is the cure, and this is the month of Qur'an. Now, Shaykh Al-Uthaymin, rahimahullah ta'ala, in this sitting, fi fadli tilawat al-Qur'an wa anwa'iha, about the virtues of reciting the Qur'an, and also he's going to give us there is different types of recitation that we learn, okay? Aynaam. After praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and sending the salat and the taslim upon the Prophet sallallahu and he mentioned a beautiful uh, introduction in which he praises Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and asks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us tawfiq, success, to do what is pleasing to him uh, uh, and the like. He mentioned the ayah, he says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in, in his book, precisely in Surah Fatir, Surah Fatir, the two verses 29, and thirty. Inna al-ladina yatluna kitab Allahi wa aqamu salat wa anfaqu mimma razaqnahum sirran wa alaniyah yarjuna tijaratan lan tabur liwafiyahum ujurahum wa yazidahum min fadlih innahu ghafurun shakur Verily those who recite the book of Allah these are Allah mentioned his servants, but he's going to mention a reward for them in this ayah, a great reward. Okay? And he mentioned that what they do is, is, is a, subhanAllah, is an excellent trait. Verily those who recite the book of Allah establish the prayer and spend out of what we have provided them secretly and openly, hoping for a trade gain why they do all this? They recite the book of Allah, they establish the prayers and the like. Hmm? Hoping for a trade gain that will never perish. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what is that trade gain that will never perish? That Allah azza wa jal may complete the reward for them and increase them of his bounty. Verily he is oft forgiven, thankful. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah appreciates the deeds of his slaves. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the trade gain. The believers, we have a believers. What should be the most thing that on our mind is the hereafter. Is to please Allah and to do the things that would put us on a path that leads us to the Jannah. Not money. Not the most things on us is dunya, dunya. Oh, look at him, he built another house. I didn't build nothing. Oh, look at him, He's, he has three gas stations. We don't you know where he got this gas, tra- tra- gas station from? Who wants to engage in this dunya and, and forget what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, 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 has created him for? Allah created us to worship him. Now, you take from the dunya what you can for means that are halal. Shaykh Omar Fallata, rahimahullah, he mentioned that one of the companions, his name is Muhajir, Umair, he wants to make a hijrah. When the Prophet made a hijrah for Mecca 
to Medina. So some of the companions know they want to join the Prophet in Medina. And they start, they began to leave. When Quraysh heard about that, so they block all the roads. And whenever they catch someone leaving, they know you can't leave. One of the companions, he wants to leave. And then they, they caught him and they say, SubhanAllah, when you came to us, you, you had nothing. We helped you, you have money now, you, have, you established yourself, now you want to leave? So they said, you're not leaving, you're staying. He said to them, look man, what if I give you all my money, SubhanAllah? What if I tell you with all my money and, and whatever I have, just let me go, Allahu Akbar. They said, okay. Then he let him know all what he have, what it is, they let him go. When he came to the Prophet ﷺ, he didn't say nothing to the Prophet ﷺ, the Shaykh says. Yet, the Prophet ﷺ said to him, Ni'mal That transaction you have concluded in Mecca, that's the best transaction for, your, for, your, for, your, for yourself you have ever made. He gave the dunya for what? To be with the Messenger of Allah ﷺ. He said, okay. You, you want my money, you can have it. But I want to be with the Messenger of Allah now. And he's not the only example. There's so many examples. Some they left families behind them. They left their wealth for the sake of Allah. Because they know dunya doesn't mean nothing. The akhirah. That's what should be our concern now. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned this, these benefits for these people now. Shaykh Muratamin he says, and the recitation of the book of Allah is of two types. It is two types of recitation. The first recitation is the practical recitation. Tilawa hukmiya. And by accepting to be true all the chronicles, whatever Allah informs us to be true. Anything that you hear in the book of Allah is true. Likewise, to comply and to act upon all of the rulings and the commands that the Qur'an ordered, and to stay away from the prohibitions as well. The Shaykh says, this one here, he's going to deal with it in another sitting, and we're going to do the same thing, inshallah ta'ala. He said, as for the second type of recitation, is the uh, the verbal recitation when you read the book of Allah remember we don't just read the book of Allah but we as Muslims we read the book of Allah with contemplation with reflection it's not like unfinished now you have your heart has to be present your mind has to be present you're going to prepare. That's why there is some etiquettes of reciting the Qur'an. We're going to deal with them on another sitting. Maybe tomorrow or after tomorrow, inshallah, or Sunday. Okay? So, there is some etiquettes. It's not like, oh, some people, you see them, oh, 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 and then his mind is not here. Whenever somebody comes, Salaamu Alaikum, how you doing? Yeah, okay. He's, in, he's reading, looking at his phone. Nah. Your heart has to be present. You have to disconnect yourself. Inshallah, we're going to learn the etiquettes when we get to that, inshallah ta'ala. 
He says, as for reciting the book of Allah and the virtues of reciting the book of Allah, the Quran, are many. There is so many texts. Many texts. There are texts, the Shaykh is going to bring texts from the Sunnah. Okay, because alhamdulillah we read the Quran now. And I'm sure while you're reading the Quran with reflection and contemplation, you're going to, and also in the Taraweeh, when you listen to the Imam reciting, you're going to hear so many ayahs that highlight the virtue of the Book of Allah. But that's why the Shaykh is bringing the ahadith, the narrations from the Prophet ﷺ that highlight the virtues of the Quran and reciting the Quran. There are texts that talks about the virtue of the Quran reciting the whole book, alhamdulillah. And there is other texts that are specific to certain ayats or certain chapters of the book of Allah. He began by mentioning the hadith in Sayyid al-Bukhari on the authority of Uthman ibn Affan radiyallahu anhu. That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, خَيْرُكُمْ مَنْ تَعَلَّمَ الْقُرْآنَ وَعَلَّمَهُ The best of you are those who learn the Qur'an and teach it to others. This is how we know the best amongst us. Not the one who has more money, strength, possessions. This is the hadith of the Prophet This is what matters to us. And it helps us to know ourselves, where, where do we stand? And also it helps us to respect those who, whom this hadith is applicable on them. Prophet says, the best of you are those who learn the book of Allah, the Quran, and teach it to others. He mentioned another hadith that is in a sahihain meaning when we say as-sahihain, meaning sahih al-Bukhari wa sahih Muslim. Usually in English they say muttafaqun alayh, agreed upon. Muttafaq alayh, meaning agreed upon by Imam al-Bukhari and Imam Muslim. Meaning both of them, Imam al-Bukhari and Imam Muslim, both of them have introduced this hadith in their sahih. And we all know that Imam al-Bukhari and Imam Muslim, they have certain, they set certain conditions for the hadith to be sound. This is not the time or not the place to mention those things. But you mentioned to you one example. How serious this ulama, like Imam al-Bukhari for instance. The ulama, they mentioned that Imam al-Bukhari, he traveled from Bukhara to Yemen, to the south of Yemen. And Bukhara now is like Azerbaijan or Uzbekistan. That's a long way. And in the time we didn't have no planes, no trains, no buses, not even a bike. Many of them, they travel on a camel, if they could afford the camel. If they can't afford the camel, well guess what? They walk through the mountains, the valleys, the desert, the rain, the snow, the heat. So Imam al-Bukhari, he heard this man in Yemen, long way. So he wants to go and not hear from him the hadith, so he can record it in his book. Finally he made it, after months of trouble. They told him, oh, so and so, that's him right there with his horse. So when he gets close to the man, after all of this long journey, 
he finds that the man holding a bag, usually the bag that they feed, they have food for the horse, and he's telling the horse, come, come, come. So the horse see the bag, he came, so he grabbed the, the horse. Imam al-Bukhari, he went and looked at the bag. He find it empty, there's no food in it. He said, subhanAllah, you were telling the horse, come here, no food? I can't take your hadith. Huh? Allah Akbar, I can't take your hadith. After all of this journey, just to share with you, alhamdulillah. Now, so here in Sahihayn, meaning Sahih al-Bukhari, Sahih Muslim, on the authority of Aisha radiallahu anha, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, الْمَاهِرُ بِالْقُرْآنِ مَعَ السَّفَرَةِ الْكِرَامِ الْبَرَرَةِ وَالَّذِي يَقْرَعُ الْقُرْآنَ وَيَتَتَعْتَعُ فِيهِ وَهُوَ عَلَيْهِ شَاقٍ لَهُ أَجْرَانِ The Prophet says, the translation of what the Prophet says, the one who is proficient, good, easy to recite, because he knows, mashallah, the rulings of Arabic, he learned how to read the Qur'an correctly. The one who is proficient in the recitation of the Qur'an, and, and this to be proficient doesn't have nothing to do with your color, what country you come from, you have to learn. It has nothing to do with it. There's, there's a lot of people there, don't you think, oh, you have to be Arab, born in Arab. There's a lot of Arabs don't know how to read the book of Allah. Why? Because they didn't learn. Being born in this country or the other doesn't give you no advantage. But what give advantage is the zeal. You want it. You learn it. Put some, some efforts. Imam al-Albani wasn't an Arab. <laughs> Bukhari wasn't an Arab, nor Muslim, nor a Nasai, nor Abu Dawood, nor Ibn Khuzayma, nor Ibn Majah. Most of the main scholars of Hadith, they weren't Arabs, man. But they excel. We can't do it. But we have to really make it a priority. I'm going to learn this Arabic so I can read the book of Allah correctly, so I can get the reward of this hadith. Not just like the, so that the people say, oh, he has a good recitation. لا, so we can get this hadith. What the Prophet said? He says, the one who is proficient in the recitation of the Quran will be with the honorable. An obedient scribe, the angels, Allah Akbar. You be with the angels. And the one who recites the Quran and finds it difficult to recite, there is a reward also for those who are difficult until they be proficient, inshallah. You see? In the first of these stages of learning, it's difficult. They have to exert more efforts. And not like the one who, mashallah, is smooth recitation because he learned. Smooth recitation, what do you think? He took some pills and all of Next morning he's proficient? Huh? No. He has a dream? And then all of a sudden, after that dream, next morning he's proficient? No, he walked. He sat down and learned. Hours, put hours and learn. Don't give up. Were people giving up for whatever reason? He's like, no, I gotta get this. This hadith, subhanAllah, I wanna be. I gotta get this hadith. The reward in this hadith. Well, guess what? There is a reward for those who are not proficient yet. Why are you still learning and it's difficult? Well, of course it's difficult. Anything that you don't know is difficult. When you become easy, when you know it. Once you learn it, piece of cake, like they say. In any field. But if you don't know it, man, it looks like it's difficult. How people do that? Like us, for example, sometimes you see a person come to your house and 
and break down the whole AC unit and so many wires and when you take your car to, to the mechanic and you break into pieces so many screws and pieces, you know, you know how he gonna put this back together? He will inshallah. How? Because he did it many times before. How? Because he learned how to do it. Likewise, we should have it in our hearts. I want to learn how to read the Quran correctly so I can be proficient. Why? To take over the Taraweeh prayer? No. So that the people say, man, he's the man in the Quran? No. Why once again? Who know? Why? I'm talking to you now. Huh? I know. Because this hadith. Yeah, now we heard this hadith. Now I gotta do something about it because the Sunnah is good for us. Right or wrong? When we, when we hear an ayah, we hear a hadith, the first thing should come to our minds, I gotta do something about this. I gotta be with those people who the Prophet is talking about. So he says, but however, the one who recites the Quran and finds it difficult to recite, doing his best to recite it, will have a double reward. Allah Akbar. Are you trying? You get a double reward. Shaykh Walatayimin, rahimahullah ta'ala, he says, he explained to us this double reward. Why he will get a double reward? He says, one of them for the recitation, the other one for the difficulty. Allah Akbar. Because you didn't give up. You didn't say, man, I'm never going to get it. Well, maybe I'm just that person, never going to learn how to read the Quran. Don't let the shaitan fool you. Now you're going to say, listen, man, those who read, why? They weren't born. Did anyone who was born knowing the Quran? No, they learn it. Say, hey, they learn it. So I'm going to do the same. Now, if you go to Sahih Muslim, you will find many, many narrations similar to this one. But the Shaykh, he just quotes one of them. Now, Look, he's bringing the other narration from the two books, the most sound books of Hadith. Sahih al-Bukhari, Sahih Muslim. On the authority of Abi Musa al-Ash'ari radiallahu anhu, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, مثل المؤمن الذي يقرأ القرآن مثل الأطرجة ريحها طيب وطعمها طيب ومثل المؤمن الذي لا يقرأ القرآن كمثل التمرة لا ريح لها وطعمها حلو Pay attention, بارك الله فيكم جزاكم الله خيرا to this hadith now that is once again is agreed upon by Imam al-Bukhari and Imam Muslim رحمهم الله on the authority of this great companion أبي موسى الأشعري Radiallahu anhu. That the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, A believer who recites the Quran is like an orange. It's like an orange or a citron. Who, whose fragrance is sweet. It smells good. It smells good, the orange. When sometimes you cut the orange and you smell it. Okay? And whose taste is sweet as well. Whose taste is sweet as well. It smells good and tastes good. This is the example of who? Once again? Idris? You with us? You know? This is the example of who? The believer who do what? Huh? 
who recites the Quran. He is a believer and recites the book of Allah. He's like the, an orange. Smells good and tastes good. He says, and the example of a believer who does not recite the Quran. He's a believer, alhamdulillah, but doesn't recite the Quran. Like the other one, constantly recited. Constantly, mashallah. He has a portion every day or a night and recited. Huh? Some people, they don't do that. Some people, they don't recite. Some people don't recite the book of Allah as they should. So this is the example of the believer who do not, does not recite the Quran. The Prophet says this example like it dates. You know the dates we break the fast these days in Ramadan and we are in Ramadan, alhamdulillah. That's the example the Prophet gave for a believer who does not recite the Quran. His example like a date has no smell. Does the date have a smell? No smell. But what about the taste? Sweet. Tastes good. Wafi Sahih Muslim. On the authority of Abi Umama, the Prophet said, Iqra'ul Quran. فَإِنَّهُ يَأْتِي يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ شَفِيعًا لِأَصْحَابِهِ Another hadith in Sahih Muslim. On the authority of this great companion, Abi Umama radiallahu anhu, who said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Recite the Qur'an. Allahu Akbar. Recite the Qur'an. And he gave us the reason, or the virtue, for reciting the Quran. Because when a person tell you do this, and tell you the reason why he's telling you do this, eh, you want to do it, right or wrong. Huh? If you have a job, and you have a job, and mashallah, your job, and you go and do your job, but then all of a sudden the manager, the boss come and say, hey, do this please. If he said, you like, hey, why me? Why not him? Right or wrong. I already have a job here. I'm doing this, so why you want me to do something else out of all of these, right? But what if he came and say, hey, do this, you got 200,000 extra this week. What do you think a person will do? You think he's going to say to him, why me? Why not him? Huh? No, he's like, okay, sir, yes, sir, yes, doing it, okay. All right. Even if it's time for him to leave, he's going to text his wife or whatever, hey, something comes up, good for all of us. See you in 20 minutes. Right wrong. Huh? Allah. Now who's saying this? Who's saying recite the Quran? The Prophet And he's going to give us the, the virtue. What is the great reward for us? He said recite the Quran. For on the day of resurrection, it will come as an intercessor for those who recite it. Allah. The day when no money, no wealth, no cars, no... Properties, no position will be of any benefit. Intercession. That's what you'll be looking for. You recite the Quran, that Quran will intercede for you. Ya Abdullah. Aina. Wa ya Amatullah. Wa fi Sahih Muslim Aida. Shaykh mentioned another hadith. In Sahih Muslim, on the authority of Uqba ibn Amir radiallahu anhu. 
that the Prophet ﷺ, he says once to his companions, <clears throat> he mentions something to the companions. قَالْ أَفَلَا يَغْدُوا أَحَدُكُمْ إِلَى الْمَسْجِدِ فَيَتَعَلَّمَ أَوْ فَيَقْرَأَ آيَتَيْنِ مِنْ كِتَابِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ خَيْرٌ لَهُ مِنْ نَاقَتَيْنِ وَثَلَاثٌ خَيْرٌ مِنْ ثَلَاثٍ أي ثلاث آيات خير من ثلاث ناقة نوق وأربعٌ خير له من أربعٌ من أعدادهن من الإبل بيتنشيز حديث also the highlight the virtue of reciting the book of Allah حديث of Uqba ibn Amir radiyallahu anhu that is Sahih Muslim Uqba ibn Amir he says the Shaykh he didn't mention what I'm going to say this introduction because there was an introduction behind it Uqba ibn Amir radiyallahu anhu he says when we were in the Sufa what is the Sufa? somebody know what is the Sufa? a Sufa there was a place in the masjid in the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi as Shaykh ibn Uthaymin he explained rahimahullah there are companions who used to make hijrah from Mecca to al Madina while they poor. They left everything behind. Why? Because their concern is to be with the Messenger of Allah So they came with nothing. They poor. So they will come to that area in the masjid called As-Suffa and then they will stay there and leave off whatever the people, mashallah, the, the, the Sahaba bring food and this, and take care of them. Until they sit off, mashallah, those who get a business and leave. And, and the Shaykh, he says, anyway, there is not a specific people that you can say, these are the only one that they used to be in a sofa. He says, la. He said, nor we, do we know their number. He said, no, they, some come and some leave and some come back and the like. These are the people of sofa. So he said they were there in the masjid. So the Prophet he said, we, when we were in the Sufa, the Messenger of Allah came out and said, which of you, look, he looked at them, subhanallah. He said, which of you would like to go out every morning to Bhutan or Al-Aqiq? These are two places close to Medina. They're close to Medina, areas close to Medina. He said, who... Which of you would like to go out every morning to Bhutan or Al-Aqiq and bring two large she-camels, nice-looking she-camels. Remember, she-camels at the time, they were very precious. It's like in our times, Wallahu A'lam, somebody say, who wants to go and get two Mercedes, two Bentleys, two Porsches somewhere, not like, a, a, no, something expensive. She-camels, they used to be, have a great value. And important in their time. So he, he used that. He said, who of you would go, would like to go out every morning to these two areas and bring two large shikamos without being guilty of sin or without severing the tithe of kinship? He's not going to go steal them or something. No, you go and get them and come back. Easy, right? What they said. Hmm? Yaqub ibn Amri said, Messenger of Allah, we would like to do it. We would like to do it. Upon this, the Messenger of Allah said, Does not one of you go out in the morning? 
He now he's given him something better than that. Better than the shikamos. He says, if one of you go out in the morning to the mosque, to the masjid, and learn or recite two verses from the book of Allah, the majestic and glorious, that is better for him than two shikamos. Allahu Akbar. You come to the house of Allah, read two verses, or learn two verses, is better for you than two shikamos. You see how it is? This is how we need to look at the man and things. And three verses better than three shikamos. And four verses better than four shikamos. And, and keep on going on. So when you read Surah Al-Baqarah, for example, some brothers, they, mashallah, maybe somebody in this Ramadan alone, maybe they finish the Quran maybe once or twice. Hmm? Can you imagine whenever somebody gives them a shikamal for an ayah, huh? they will have a problem with to keep the man. What am I going to do with all of this? But you get the reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You get the great reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So once again, we bring in these narrations so that we don't be just like, we read the Qur'an because it's a customary reading. No, reading and while this ayah, this ahadith can pop up in your mind. And that's why I'm reading the Qur'an. I'm not just reading because I got nothing to do. No, I'm busy, but I find time to read. Right? It's not like, oh, okay, why? what are you going to do? Qur'an, all right, it's Qur'an. And then you start reading and you... <laughs> sleepy, tired, sluggish, and after five minutes, I say, no must have, uh, you're going to go outside and spend 50 minutes, uh, I don't know what. No, if you know the virtue, you, even if you're tired, like, man, i got to do it. Inshallah, you find the energy. Why? Because you know the virtue of reading. Now, he mentioned also in Sahih al-Muslim, on the authority of Abu Huraira, radiallahu anhu, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, مجتمع قوم في بيت من بيوت الله يتلون كتاب الله ويتدارسونه بينهم إلا نزلت عليهم السكينة وغشيتهم الرحمة وحفتهم الملائكة وذكرهم الله في من عنده الله أكبر That's the hadith that I mentioned to you earlier The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم says This hadith of Abu Hurairah صحيح مسلم Whenever a people gather in the house of Allah a house from the houses of Allah. What they do? Huh? Everybody on his iPhone and checking his Facebook? Huh? Instagram? Playing games? No. This is not what, they, what, what this reward for. Whenever people gather, and what they do? They read the book of Allah. They study it among themselves. If they do this, this was going to happen to them. Tranquility descend upon them. And the Rahmah as well. The angels encircle them. And Allah remember them. I will mention them in a better gathering. He mentioned them to those who are with him. The ulama, he says, the angels. And then the Shaykh mentioned a couple of narrations. We, we're gonna, I may have to skip some narrations. He just mentions like, keep in mind now that this is a great virtue, but we're human. We, uh, we're going to be thinking, okay, I've done enough, and, and, and we don't read the Qur'an. Because when you read the Qur'an, there's a lot of benefits. It's a cure, for instance. 
Quran is a shifa, is a cure. And with every letter you get ten good deeds, at least two more, to whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give them, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-kareem, eh, the most generous. But then he says, be careful, don't neglect the recitation of the Quran, because you're going to forget the, what you have memorized. He said, and he mentioned some of the ahayi, he says, one of you should not say, I forget such and such verses or, or chapter, but said, I was made to forget. He said, because when he said, I forget, meaning that's a negligence. Because the one who constantly review, review and revise and read and recite what he memorized, inshallah is going to stick with them. Okay? Now. That's why the ulama, they give advice. If you memorize any ayah or, or, or two or a, or a page or a rubber or a nisf or a juz or a hizb or a, or a chapter, recite it in your sunan. When you pray the sunnah, recite that. Tahajjud, recite that. Why you going to work, recite that. Huh? Why you walking, recite that. Why you jogging, recite that. Why you going shopping, recite that. That's what you be doing. Constantly so that you can stick to your mind and you constantly upon remembrance of Allah. Now. وعن عبد الله بن مسعود رضي الله عنه أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من قرأ حرف من كتاب الله فله به حسنة والحسنة بعشر أمثالها لا أقول ألف لام ميم حرف ولكن ألف حرف ولام حرف وميم حرف رواه الترمذي On the authority of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud is a great companion رضي الله عنه وعنهم أجمعين so that the Prophet says, whoever recites a letter, not a chapter, not a juz, not a ayah, not a word or sentence, a letter from the book of Allah, that's considered a good deed for him or her. And the good deeds equal to ten. Allah Akbar. Equal to ten. And then the Prophet says, I'm not saying that alif la meem. Is one letter, but rather alif is a letter, lam is a letter, meme is a letter. Just when you say alif lam meme, how many letters? How many good deeds? That's according to this hadith, that's 30. This how easy to get good deeds? Well, you do the math. Recite Al-Fatiha alone. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Maliki Yawmiddin. To the end of the ayah. How many? I did the math before. It's like 100 and some 28 something letters. If I'm not mistaken. Well, uh, multiplied by 10. Subhanallah. Can you imagine if the people they deal like in their business. You want to buy a car? There is somewhere. I don't know. This is an example. They're like, hey. How much is this car? Brand new car, nice. They says uh, 50,000 good deeds. What do you do? Yusuf? Recite Surah Al-Baqarah. You don't have to finish it. And now here you got the car. You, you look at the best house in the neighborhood. How much? Give me an example. Give me a number, Abdul Majid. 7 million. They say 7 million. 75,000, the best house. <laughs> this is a million. 
Nice mention. All right. You read the book of Allah. And you come and say, hey, I got you. There's good deeds. Million good deeds. Huh? subhanAllah. This is beautiful. Who cares about dimensions or something? Everything's going to perish one day. The real house is the house of the Jannah. The real mentions are the mentions in the Jannah. And this was going to get us on a path and keep us on it, inshallah. But we ask Allah to keep us on it. Now. So the Shaykh has said, these are some of the virtues of the Qur'an. This is the reward for the one who wants to get that reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, a great reward for what? Is the job great? Easy job. Easy things we do. Subhanallah, you come to the house of Allah, air conditioned, clean, and you're reading the book of Allah. You can read it on your sofa at home, in the office. You can park somewhere in front of a lake huh? and enjoy the view and everything and you read in the Mus'haf. You don't have to climb a mountain seven times so that the ayah will be accepted. He says, easy, a huge reward for subhanAllah, job that is so easy. Aina. So he said, the one, subhanAllah, we have to uh, do this and, and, and be mindful of these things. And we shouldn't be among those people who deprive themselves of this great deal of good. He said, subhanAllah, this is the real things that the people, they should compete one another for. People want to compete one another. Like, oh yeah, he get good job. They see somebody like driving a better car. Wow, I got a job. What is it? How much? Twelve fifty. Where? Hmm. 30 miles away, they still want to get a job. Please, man, get me in there. Which is okay, mashallah, if you want to get a job and make better money to take care of your family. But we're talking about the real deals. Easy, you can recite the Quran at home. Recite in your car. No, not while driving, of course. You can listen to it while you're driving. I'll be like a driving in the Quran. Abu Muhammad said, we didn't say that. All right? Now you pay attention on the road and be careful where you're going, inshallah, okay? You can recite it in the house of Allah. You come early, pray the sunnah, tahiyat al-masjid, mushaf. Not like sit there, waiting. No, get the book of Allah, read. One letter is ten good deeds, akhi. Don't say, ah, oh, it's only two minutes for the iqamah. How, you know how many good deeds, how many letters you can recite in two minutes? Huh? The Prophet didn't say, uh, uh, Baqarah, 200 ayats, you get one good deed. And then you can, nah. one ayah, 10 good deeds. So that even, even if there is a, a, a one minute for the iqamah, you're going to get the mushaf and read. You just say, Alif, Lam, Mim, Balik, Al, Kitab, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Alhamdulillah, at least you get some ayats. Look how easy it is for us to get good deeds, alhamdulillah. He says, these virtues that he mentioned, they are for all of the Qur'an. But then, however, there is some other virtues that are for uh, some specific uh, surahs and chapters. We're going to leave that, inshallah ta'ala, for tomorrow, because we, we promise to give you at least five or six minutes to get ready for the iftar, and that's the... Uh,
the what we have inshallah ta'ala we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to open our hearts for the to recite his book and may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, assist us and help us uh, to 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 be serious about this not just we hear it and you go one ear out the other we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this information still in our hearts and our minds and that we can uh, advise one another to, re- to recite the book of Allah and we should advise one another when somebody come to me and bring me a mushaf and say I read already come on if somebody tell you here is a bag of money say, I, already got a, I, I got a bag already huh? bring you a bag of $10,000 and say I got one already thank you brother here, here come here man. likewise somebody give you a mushaf take it bismillah read it if you read one letter, it's better for you than reading nothing. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us beneficial knowledge and righteous action.